0: I know that we might have some family and friends who are in the house we're really glad that you took some time out to worship with us my name is Adrian Pina and I serve as the interim pastor here at Firewheel I'd love to say hi to you after the service and share a cookie and some cocoa and so uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to meet so in the month of December we've been in this sermon series where we've been looking at various characters of Christmas so we've been looking at individuals who play a role in the Christmas story and we've likened it to like characters in a movie or in a story. And so we began by looking at Herod, who we called the villain of the story. He's the Grinch who tried to steal Christmas. Then we talked about Joseph, who is the often forgotten character of the story, who is the uh, the earthly father of Jesus. And then last week, um, this past Sunday, we actually talked about Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus. And what we learned through Mary's life is we learned that God's grace enables people for their God-given purpose. There was nothing unique about Mary, her being probably a 12 to 14-year-old girl, who was then essentially selected by God for the purpose of bringing Christ into the world. And so talk about a responsibility, right? And so through her life, we see how God's grace enables people for their God-given purpose. Before we look into who we're going to explore just briefly this afternoon, I just wanted to tell you this one word comes to mind when we talk about the people we're going to talk about today. It's the word curious. Now the word curious means eager to learn or to know. And today I want to briefly look at the magi. If you have your Christmas nativity likely at home, you often will see three wise men, as they say, although we have no idea how many there actually were. Some people assume there were three because there were three different gifts that were given, but there's likely a whole entourage of people that actually came with them, so there could have been more than three. Uh, But these curious individuals, we don't know much about from the scriptural story, but yet these curious men are seeking out to know who this Christ child is and to pay him a visit. I believe that many people... That are even here today are maybe likely like those magi a little bit curious about Jesus maybe you don't know about this whole Jesus thing or maybe you know you're just curious to know more and curiosity is a good thing writer Ralph B Simpson once made an observation that children ask roughly 125 questions per day how many uh, uh, you know, parents can likely say that, that your kids ask questions all day, right? Just ask you, why mommy this? Why daddy this? Why, you know, how do you do that? What's that for? What's that thing? 125 questions a day. The average adult asks approximately six questions per day. So somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we lose 119 questions per day. A child's innate curiosity about life is instilled in them at birth by the one who longs to be discovered. They are just discovering the world. They're learning. And as they're learning, they're asking questions. They're asking questions and their knowledge. You see, their knowledge begins to grow. The more questions they ask, the more they discover about the world that is around them. The more they discover about the world around them, the more that likely that they are to hopefully discover about the one who made that world in which they inhabit and the one who made them. The Magi were curious as they looked for Jesus. And through their lives we could see this one truth. If you look for God, you will find him. I genuinely believe God is not playing hide and seek. God is not somehow this mysterious figure who just lays in the background. God is consistently communicating to people the reality of his existence and his being. And I believe, like the wise men, if you... Are curious for him if you look for God you will find him and as believers if you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus I believe that there's a lot of times when throughout life we can miss seeing God in the day-to-day because things become normal and yet God is communicating constantly in the midst of his creation in various different ways the reality of his presence so if you are curious and want to meet him he will meet you where you are Let's look at Matthew chapter 2. We're just going to look at two things about the Magi. Matthew chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. First we're going to look at the anticipation of the Magi. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Verse 2 are the only recorded words in scripture that we actually have that the Magi communicated. And this is what they said. saying. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. We don't know much about who these magi are. As a matter of fact, what we know is mostly from extra-biblical sources. But let me give you a little background as to what is the best estimation of what we know who these guys are. They came from the east, the scripture tells us, which is likely Babylon, modern-day Turkey. Uh, Some believe that they were a part of a priesthood line of the Medes and Persians empires. Uh, But many people believe that they were basically kind of stargazers. They were astrologers in that way, uh, early astrologers. Their interest must have been aroused by an unusual star they observed. We don't know their number. Their entourage was probably substantial to make such a lengthy cross-continent trip. If we believe they came from Babylon all the way to, uh, to where Jesus was, it was possibly a one to two year trip. So you would understand why Herod responds in the way he does when they come to town as well because this is a big deal with this group coming into town. This would have been all over your Twitter feed, okay. This would have been trending. So the only words of the magi, again, are recorded in verse 2, but they recognize something significant going on. They believe that the true king of the Jews has actually been born. And so since they believe that, they come to worship him, it says. But they make this connection. Where these are, not, these are not followers of the one true God. They definitely come from a pagan kind of non, a pagan different religion. But yet they know enough to know something about the nature of this son who's to be born. They see this indication, this sign in the stars and then they go out to then seek him. How they come to connect the birth of the king of the Jews with the strange star, the Bible doesn't tell us. That would be just conjecture if we were trying to say and fill in the blanks. But what the, what the magi do do is that they actually respond to that which they have seen. What has been revealed, they respond to. So they teach us a little something. They believe that the king of the Jews has been born, that God is doing something significant in the earth at that moment. And what do they do? Instead of just being curious and looking at the stars and saying, oh, this must be really important, they actually go out and they seek the child. They receive revelation. Revelation is God's self-disclosure. What is God saying? And God is communicating. He's communicating through these circumstances. He's communicating through the star. He's communicating somehow they know something about prophecy about this child to be born. And in the midst of that communication, they don't just take it as information. They act upon that information. They proceed. They go forward. They make a journey that's a tumultuous journey to be able to come into worship. Some have suggested that the Magi had a knowledge, perhaps, of Balaam's, the prophet's prophecy concerning the star that would come out of Jacob, Numbers 24, 17. At the end of the day, like the Magi, if you look for God, you will find him. Every single day, God is clearly like with a bullhorn echoing and telling out all of creation who he is, the reality of his presence. The psalmist says that the heavens declare the glory of God. So the heavens are speaking a sermon about the reality of the existence of God and of his being. We see God not only reveal himself through creation, God reveals himself through people, God reveals himself through dreams and visions, God reveals himself sometimes uh, God reveals himself primarily through the scripture. This multiplies different ways in which God reveals himself. My question to you today is that God is doing a lot of talking. Are you listening and will you respond? That's what this season is all about. This season is all about that God saw that humanity had a need. He comes to meet that need and he comes in the greatest possible way that God becomes flesh and he tells he's the greatest declaration of the reality of God and comes to bring salvation to people. And are you then responding to what God has revealed? The magi come to worship this word commonly means to show respect and honor, but in Matthew's gospel it's frequently used in context when it's talking about Jesus being God. At his crucifixion when the centurion basically declares that this truly is the Christ, it says that he worships. So the reality is, is that worship is this thing, especially in Matthew's framework, that it's projected upon Jesus more than a humble respect or an honor. It's a recognition of who Jesus is. And it's a then acting upon that recognition to proceed, to give honor, to give reverence because he is God. If we jump down to verse 9, we see what happens when the Magi actually, after they make that journey, when they arrive. In verse 9 it says, after listening to the king, they went on their way. And this is what we, we, we read about Herod's story at the beginning of this series. And behold, the star that they had seen, when it rose, it went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rege- rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The destination for the Magi had nothing to do really with the place, but it had to do with the one whom they were seeking to be able to find. Verse 11, and it says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream, did not return to Herod, they departed their own, to their own country by another way. Now in this season at Christmas, we typically give gifts, right? Right? Uh, Some of you might be exchanging gifts with your family tonight and maybe you guys have a couple different Christmases going on doing stuff tonight and maybe tomorrow on Christmas Day. But if you think about a gift, the nature of a gift is there's a cost associated with the gift. There's usually thought that's associated with the gift. And the giving of a gift is an act and expression of love. It's an expression of a relational connection. There's a relationship that I have with an individual that I give a gift to or that I might receive from. It's a way of showing that we value the other person. It's a way of showing that we're expressing thought and thinking about what we can actually give them as an expression just to say I care about you. I love you and that we have this relationship. It's a it's in that way these Magi come, they offer significant gifts to Jesus. As a way of saying, as a way of showing respect, as a way of showing honor, as a way of showing worship, they go and they bring these very significant gifts. There's lots of different uh, projections on what people believe that these gifts were potentially worth, but they were valuable gifts, let's just say that. So these valuable gifts, these weren't $10 Chick-fil-A gift cards, okay? So these, even though I love God's chicken, all right? So at the end of the day... These guys present these gifts to Jesus, and they bow down and they worship him. They make a trek, so they, they, they make the financial sacrifice, the sacrifice of the potential danger to make a year-to-two-year-long trek. Then they come bringing bountiful gifts to be able, bountiful gifts that are an expression to worship that would rightly worship a king. They give of the best to be able to give to the king. But my question is, what can a person give to somebody, you ever have that person in your life who seems like they have everything and it's, you have the worst experience ever trying to shop for them? Y'all have that experience, like, it's like you never know what to get them. It's like every possible thing that you can think of that is a great idea, oh, yeah, they had that, they just got that, or whatever the case may be. What can you give as a gift to the person who has everything? Well, let me, a gift card, <laughs> there you go. That is, that's probably a good idea. Let's go ahead and reframe that for a second. What is the one gift that we can give as individuals to a God who is everything? The only thing that we can give is the thing that he gave us, is we can give him our life. These magi worship, they give this expression, they give, they're giving everything in, in a valuable, tangible way over to God. Here's the principle for you. When we worship, it is the giving of one's heart to God. Worship is reverence toward God. It's an attitude of the heart. It's an attitude that responds toward God and actually then reaches out toward God. Worship includes submission, adoration, it includes homage, it includes respect. The evidence of the Magi's worship came in the fact that they they gave gifts fit for a divine king. And here we are 2,000 plus years, you know, post this actual experience. And we are still asking the same question, what can I give? And what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, is the only thing that we can give to God is we can give him our life. We can give him our worship. But here's the thing, is that is giving us of everything. And everything is what is required in that way. Everything is what is fit for a divine king. That's what Jesus wants from us. He wants everything So when you think about what you can give Jesus this Christmas or what you think about what Christmas really means to a God who has given you everything, especially if you're a believer in Jesus, to a God who has given you eternal life, who has made it possible for you to have a relationship with the God who created you, when you think about it, the only answer could be is that I can give him my worship. I can give him my heart. I can give him my life because he's worthy of it. So let's summarize this for you. Just a couple, just one simple thing today. As we looked at this reality, in the life of the Magi, we can see that if you look for God, you genuinely will find Him. God is not playing hide and seek with you, God is out still communicating to the world about the reality of who He is. Jesus is still saving people, Jesus is still communicating through His people, through His word. He's communicating the reality of who He is. And if you seek Him, you will find Him. As you used to see those bumper stickers back in the day, or you used to see them even on t-shirts where it says, wise men still seek him. Amen. I believe that. Because when we seek him, we will find him. And we see that through the life of the magi. I hope that some of you today are curious about Jesus. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life. So for some of you, maybe you have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus. And I pray that this Christmas that you will receive the greatest gift that's ever been given. Because this is the greatest story ever told, but it's not just a story, it's a reality. There is a reality, a very true reality, that God came in flesh, dwelt among us, that he gave his life upon a cross, that he died for our sins, and that he was buried and he rose again. And that if we place our faith and trust in him, if we believe in him, then we receive something that is so beyond words. We receive the gift of eternal life. And we actually get to engage in a relationship with the king of kings and the lord of lords and i pray that for you this christmas let's pray well lord we thank you as we look at the life of the magi and we see how if we seek you we will find you thank you that you're not trying to play hide and seek with us that you have made yourself known and lord we do love you and we and we want to We want to understand and we want to know and we want to grow and to deepen in our relationship with you. I do pray that those who may be under the sound of my voice today and have not started or not been walking in a relationship with you today. I pray that they would know that you love them, that you care for them, that you died for them, and that you made it possible for a relationship to take place. But above all, Lord, this season, I pray that we would not lose sight of and that we would be curious like those magi. That we would never lose the the joyous wonder. And that we would never lose the heart to worship. That we would come find the king and that we would bow before him and we would worship. That we would give of the gift of our life and give everything in worship. Because you're worthy of it all, Lord. We love you and we praise you. It's in the most precious and holy name of Jesus we can pray. And the people of God said, amen. Before we sing Silent Night, and as we, uh, I'm going to ask the elders to come forward and we're going to go ahead and start lighting candles. I want to read to you, we're not going to put the words on the screen, but it's not, there's no more of a fitting passage to be able to read than John chapter 1 as we light candles. So I'm going to read this to you. from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this is the one of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. He is the light of the world. Mm. Mm.
1: Mm. Mm. You guys will stand and worship with us. Sing the silent night. Firewall, we hope that you enjoy your Christmas Eve. You enjoy your family. You guys are dismissed. And remember, you are loved. And you All guys right. look great out there with the candles. I wish I had a camera to take a picture. I know, you guys it look, look great. Hey, blow those out. Don't take those with you like that, please. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh we are. This will go home where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rockin' around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit break.